You guys ever hear the story of the Ice House Maniac? Let's hear it. Well, the story goes, one night a woman comes on to the pod. As if. Sh- shut up, dude. Let me tell the damn story. So she comes onto the pod and convinces us to try a new awesome beer and see this new awesome horror movie. So we follow her to a local theater, as we should. We get our seats, we get our beers, and we wait for the show to start. As the opening credits roll, we crack our beers and take a sip. Something's off. Like, way off. Like, day after hot summer college kegger off. Chumzilla spouts, what the fuck is this? T-Dub says, why is it so goddamn warm? And then Captain Cash realizes, oh no, this is room temp skunked ice house. At the same moment, the opening scenes of Titanic roll across the big screen. We all start to scream. Ugh, terrifying. Wait a minute, then who's the ice house maniac? Dude, the chick. Who in their right mind not only wants to hang out with us, but also watch Titanic and drink skunked ice house? Fucking gross. Hops and box office flops. A place where we can celebrate the underdog films, the bombs, the disasters, the much maligned movies that have drowned in their infamy. So please sit back, grab a beer, and enjoy the show. Welcome back, listener, and welcome back to me, Mayor McCheese, as I take on the hosting duties for our 130th episode in the final of our Halloween series of Hops and Box Office Slops, presented by Wobam Entertainment. That's right. It's, as always, W-O-B-A-M entertainment.com. For tonight, we are covering the more comedy than horror, in my opinion, at least, movie Club Dread. Before we dive into the second major production by broken lizard let me introduce our reoccurring cast first the one and only machete t-dubs the thunderous wizard i can't believe we traded the six foot swedish broad for chumpzilla i'm six one cool <laughs> next our less than desirable non-swedish masseur captain cash yeah but you should be a, you should check it out when i like alter my body fat ratio thing I'm like Mr. Fantastic. If you can do that, why don't you do it all the time? Is that a fat joke? Is that a fat joke? And finally, our very own fun police, Chumpzilla. All right, listeners, welcome to Coconut Pete's Pleasure Island. You have the right to fun. If you choose not to have fun on this podcast, fun will be provided for you. Very true. Mm-hmm. Points of order. You can find the show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Flops. You can find myself at HBOF McCheese on the Twitter machine. T-Dubs, where are you at? When I'm not jamming to ponytails, cocktails, ponytails, cocktails, two things that will always, always rock. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at WriterTLK with my whomping stick. Chumzilla? You can find me on Twitter handing out party foul citations at Chumpzilla 8. Is it like a yellow card, red card thing to that? Or do you just blast people with tequila in the mouth? Well, yeah, it's it's usually a warning and then it's tequila straight to the kisser. Yeah, I'll do it. And yeah. Captain Cash. You can find me at C-A-P-T-C-A-S-H on most of your social media when I'm not shitting in pies. <laughs> the one pie that shits back. I didn't remember much about this movie that I saw once 15 years ago. 
but that line has stuck with me and haunted me. You just shat in the one pie that shits back. I'm like, what? What does that even mean? It feels like a Buddhist riddle. There, there, Some motherfuckers are always trying to ice skate uphill. That's, that's all I'm saying. There, there's a portion of this at the end, if you read my notes, of the best one-liners, because me and Uncle Beef, who's not on here, picked up a bunch after watching this like a dozen times that make absolutely no sense, but they're easily repeatable because they're amazing. Mm. Uh, anyways, you can find Club Dread on any platform you're willing to pay for it. It's about $3.99 across the board, but I own this movie because I liked this movie and I still like this movie very much. Uh, we used to watch this thing regularly on DVD in college, but more on that later. Oh man, our drink for tonight is very movie appropriate. It's the Pina Colada by Cutwater. If you don't know, Cutwater is one of those newish companies, I think. At least, I don't know. I mainly just drink beer that is trying to make mixed alcohol cocktails in cans, which seems lazy to me, but let's see how it compares. And I will have to say, listener, this was my pick. I found this thing online and thought it would be unique for this pod. And then I went to four stores that sold cut water and none of them carried this flavor. So we're going to go to T-Dubs for the review. So this is not good. It's very sweet. <laughs> it is strong. It's 13%, but it tastes like the thought out remnants of one of the slushy barrels at a fat Tuesday. <laughs> like this is what's left. Would you like it? We put it in a Ziploc bag for you. Oh, also here's a swirly straw. Enjoy it. <laughs> Just jam it directly into the bag. Don't yeah. even like use the zipper top. I, f- I feel like this is what they serve after midnight on the French Quarter down in uh, Louisiana. Just oh, yeah. because no yeah. one can taste anything anymore. This is hour 15 <laughs> of Vegas. You haven't slept yet. You've been carrying around the same touristy cup for the last seven hours. That's what this yeah, tastes I, like. <laughs> I feel super bad because when I started looking for like, a, you know, we do like the online general gist of these beers. And all the reviews that I found for this were like, uh, you have to shake it a lot and it's terrible after. And I was like, oh no. Yuck. Is this good? No, no, it is not. Anyway. But it is 13% ABV. Yeah. I, so technically I'm here for it. Mrs. McCheese, <laughs> yeah, she watched this with me. She got a craving for one and I couldn't find it. So I went out and just got the Mr. T's and Bacardi and made them at home. Um, T-Dubs, we can't do a beer review, so let's do it gladiator style. Thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs sideways. Oh, this is a full-on down, and this is Maximus murdering evil Joaquin Phoenix at the end of the movie, <laughs> except we're Joaquin Phoenix. So I'll oh, no. uh, you, I'll go ahead and Venmo you the cost of that. I don't know if there are four or six packs, and why don't you go ahead and switch to a, a beverage of your choice? I feel like if there's six in there, it's like, violation of the eighth amendment of cruel and unusual punishment it's like a HIPAA violation yeah it's terrible for your health and taste buds and listener i think i should point out here that the thunderous wizard is enjoying his beverage in a garnished fruity looking tropical cup it's very appropriate it's a coconut with a straw it's great but yeah What's inside is god-awful, apparently. I'm sorry. I really apologize. The, the funny thing is, is that if you go look at any of the other reviews, all their mixed drinks, they're like, oh, my God, this is great. It actually tastes like a margarita. And then you get to this one, they're like, mm, they may have missed it. I think the so, leaky turtle uh, may have gone in, <laughs> into the cans at the factory. So what you're telling us here, Thunderous Wizard, is this is a trip to Pina Colada Berg that you won't take again? I'm always down to go to Pina Colada Berg, though. Okay. 
Just okay. not, just not with cut water. Just not, just not with cut water. Just any other, any other drink. A different neighborhood in Pina Colada Burger. Even if you okay. go to your local wing joint and order Pina Colada, it sounds like it's better than this. <laughs> I'm sorry, buddy. I didn't mean to do that. I really thought I could get this, and then I tried super hard and couldn't. Anyways, hey, but um, thanks for taking one for the team. We appreciate it, T Dubs. Yeah, good job. Yeah, this is your podcast, so you do have to suffer for your art. Um, as mentioned earlier, Club Dread is Broken Lizard's second major production after Super Troopers. Uh, if you don't know who Broken Lizard is, then just go watch Super Troopers. That's a better use of your time than having any of us explain it to you. The movie was directed by Jay Chandrakazar and was written by him, Heffernan, uh, who's Farva, Steve Lemmy, Mac, and the other two stars, although they're not as big of uh, writing credits from what I can find online. And that is Paul Soder and Eric Stolhansky. Um, other notable cast members and holy shit it's bill paxton as coconut pete hey bill he's great in this and holy shit mc ganey is here as hank welcome back to the pod swamp thing always nice. good to see you mcginty is he still kicking is his name i, McGinty? I believe so i believe <laughs> mc ganey is still kicking i hope so uh, I, uh, but bill paxton is not rip buddy no. yeah yeah Poor super, one out. super sad. Uh, well, I mean, I, I always confuse MC for Powers Booth. Like they look like the exact same human. Well, here's the one, real question for someone to find out before the end of the pod: Are they in a movie together ever? Ooh, that yeah, I don't overlap. Know. Yeah, maybe but, uh, someone who's on the internet who's not hosting. Go Google MC Ganey and Powers Booth. Don't Google MC gaining nude scene because then you'll get the scene from sideways where he charges Paul Giamatti's car naked. And it's like, it's so haunting. I, I can't. I like how that's what, that's I like how that's what you first remember. Thing I think about when I see MC Ganey is that scene where he goes back to get Thomas Hayden church's wallet or whatever he left at this waitress waitress's place. And there's MC Ganey just in the buff. Not gonna lie, never saw the movie. Don't plan to. It's such a good movie. Yeah. But hey, don't forget his brief but also memorable nude scene in Dukes of Hazard. Is that real? <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> but he is in Dukes of Hazard. Nice. The I, broken lizard Duke. I mean, it was yeah. way, way better than his brief but entirely shocking nude scene in the Mighty Ducks. So Oh Jesus. <laughs> yeah. He, turned no, out he was the limo, no one expected the limo driver to like put down the partition and just be hanging dong right there. No, turns out no. he was also on probation. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. So I, listen, I can't, Emilio, I can't drive you to this kid thing. I, it's something I haven't told you. Uh, I'm not allowed but, within 100 feet of a kid's ice rink. Sorry. There's, cer there's certain things I can't do legally, and one is be near a school. Um, anyways, Brittany Daniels is here as Jenny, and I'm going to be the first to take the time to say that she is an absolute smoke show in this movie. We, we should somewhat be ashamed of ourselves here. Con Air. They were together in Con Air. Powers Booth is in Con Air? Powers Apparently. Booth. Where? Yeah. Well, I don't know. We'd only Google it. I don't think he's in Con Air. I don't, I, rem I don't remember him in Con me, Air. MC Ganey, Powers Booth, movie Con Air, 1997. I don't recall who he is in Con Air. There, uh, there are entirely too many images of the two of them like side by side with like a slider on them. 
Uh, Powers <laughs> Booth is at as officer leaving the ceremony. Oh, <laughs> he wow. got like a five he's second roll. So he he's goes from so he goes from being Curly Bill in Tombstone in 1993 to uncredited officer leaving the ceremony and got air. I mean, wow. obviously, he went <laughs> this, is, this is like the real life uh, Kane Hackman theory here. This is my thesis. This well, is it sort of reminds the, the, me of the Gainey uh, Booth th- uh, theory. I think it's it's more akin to McCheese's uh, Sarsgaard uh, Sutherland theory. No, no, they're the same person. <laughs> no, maybe maybe we are onto something here. Um, a handful of other people you guys may be familiar with are in this movie, but uh, to me, they're the yeah, that guy looks familiar. Uh, Elena Lyons, Tanya Reichert, Jordan Ladd, Matt Faxton, Michael Weaver, and Lindsay Price, who Mrs. McGee's told me is in a lot of stuff, air quotes. Um, Club Dread was released in 2004 on a budget of 8.6 mil. It only ended up pulling in about 7.5 in theaters, so of course it's a flop. Uh, it did end up having a cult following a la Super Troopers when it came out on DVD, but that could not stop the negative reviews. It currently sits with a 29 on Rotten Tomatoes with an audience of 44. I uh, mean, at the end of the day, it might have found a cult following on DVD, but nowhere near the level of Super Troopers. Not now, even close. It's and that, That's my next point. It seems like the people who like this movie really like it, <laughs> myself included, and everyone else is either yeah, it's indifferent or it finds it to be a waste of time. And yeah, I kind of feel people. like, I mean, obviously beer fest rules, but I feel like broken lizard was sort of cursed and blessed by super troopers because it was so frigging good. And then this movie was just doomed to fail because it was gonna be like, why didn't they just do super troopers too? Which yeah, is what yeah. people like demanded for the next 20, whatever years. And we finally got it, and I really enjoyed it. I like all their movies, to be honest. Um, they're just stupid fun. And I really like this movie, but I, it was like, no matter what you're doing, you were, you were going to fail in the second outing. It, it was just so good. Super Troopers. And this is good, but it's not Super Troopers. So, Yeah, according to them, they think this is their funniest movie, but they fall into a category of an audience that's never going to be as wide and uh broadcast to make a shitload of money you know i think bill paxton being in this movie is what makes it so incredible but you obviously know people are having fun when not only paxton's in it but he did i mean we'll talk about it later because it's there's a handful of comments and questions on it but he did those songs he literally sang those songs i i will say paxton is mvp here he's the only one who it feels like he's not just doing something different, but doing it successfully, right? Because a, a lot of the characters from Super Troopers are not represented here. I appreciate that the guys went out of their way to like be different characters. It's just that they're not all very funny. No, and I agree with yeah. you. Like like Putnam and Lars, you're just kind of like, eh, that's an easy joke, but also it's kind of annoying to watch for an hour and 44 I but love like, yeah Paxton and Hank, like those two dudes know what they're doing and they nail it. Yeah. I mean, Paxton steals every scene that he's in. Yes. I mean, he plays the burnout coconut Pete to a T. Um, and he's trying really hard because he's actually he's into the character. He's do even when he's not like the center of the scene, 
when he's in the background, he's doing stuff that Coconut Pete would do. He's pouring a drink, he's fidgeting or whatever. Like he's giving a performance, which, which again, he's making choices at a high level of effort. And then I compare that to Ramathorn, who's doing a bit with this British accent he's trying to pull off. And it's like the antithesis of the effort that you're getting out of Bill Paxton. It's like, yeah, he's doing a thing, but he's not really funny with it. And I can only assume because he's the director, no one was there to call him out and say, yo, Jay, man. Well, also, this is their second working. It ain't funny. (laughs) It's their second movie. So they're going to take shots at shit that doesn't work. Well, yeah, but I feel like that's something that you had to workshop out real early on. Like, yo, Jay, that's just not funny. It's just not funny. It's it's a joke, but it never lands. It's it's just a way less forgiving character than, say, Dave, the drug addicted DJ or or Juan. Or there's not a lot. Like, he's sort of a pseudo straight man, and so is Lars. It's just like Beer Fest, where the two brothers are basically the straight characters, and he's Barry Badgernath, who is living on the streets as like a male prostitute and used to excel at beer games. So it's, I don't know, it's it's tough when you're yeah. writing for five. No, people. Let, let's let's save all this for yeah, after the plot. Yeah. Let's save so, all this. For actually, after that's the... not fair. I don't agree with that at all. But yeah, let's move on. Well, we'll save it for after the plot summary because there's a bunch of questions that'll flush all these ideas out, and we'll get into cool. some of it during the plot because I mainly just hit the high points so we can talk about kind of what worked and what didn't work um but for one-liners imdb describes this movie as such when a serial killer interrupts the fun at swanky coconut Pete's coconut beach resort not even called that uh, a hedonistic island paradise for swingers it's up to the club's staff to stop the violence or at least hide it i guess it's kind of uh, that's yeah that's <laughs> real weak um let's see who should we start with let's start with you chumzilla what's your one-liner Broken lizards wasting away in generic slasher Ritaville. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, Captain Cash? Scream goes Hawaiian. <laughs> nice. I feel, I feel like you could tweak that to make it even better, but yeah, we won't wait. I mean, Scream uh, goes Costa Rican. Yeah, I, true. I, I, uh, I thought about Evil Dead goes Hawaiian, but there's not really a supernatural element. Go, 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 go tropical. Because it, it's, it's in Costa Rica. It's not Hawaii. I'm just, I'm just trying to. Yeah, no, that's fair. Yeah. It's, it's, but goes Hawaiian is the whole. Yeah, it works. Yeah, they're all, uh, they're all Hawaiian works. shirts. We'll it. It's, it's yeah. one of those Ibiza type things. T-dubs. I know what you did in Pina Colada Berg. Like <laughs> uh, my one liner is slasher troopers. <laughs> yeah, it's not so, bad. Yeah. Um, so let's go through the plot summary. I'll try to keep this brief. It's only about, uh, I don't know, notes of five paragraphs. Chime in, whatever you want. Um, so we open on an island that, at least from my opinion, is clearly uninhabitable, but whatever. We find out it is named Pleasure Island and is home of the hedonistic resort owned by musician Coconut Pete. More on him later. From there, we join Rolo, Stacy, and Kelly for a sex romp in the woods. That goes very wrong. There is so many sex romps, you guys. Tons. There is clearly a killer on this island, and the overall theme of the movie is set. It's a good start to the movie. Yeah, start the movie with strong. some boobs. I, I do love can't knock it. Right off the bat, you understand that obviously this is a comedy, but it's also making fun of like 80 slasher films. Yeah. yeah. No, like, I mean, like, like, oh, only more. Let's not go in the graveyard. Today. We should probably at least go yeah. in the mausoleum. Yeah. Uh-huh. No. <laughs> Well, we can't have sex amongst the graves, but we can certainly have sex in that mausoleum. 
Yeah. I mean, it's kind of, it's kind of like a more aggressive, um, what was the movie that did that? Like, let's go hide in that shed full of, uh, that's that commercial. The Geico, it's, a commercial. Yeah, it's basically yeah. that we should go uh, in the basement. <laughs> uh, hey, let he who is not boned in a tomb cast the first stone here. I think that's, I think it's only you, but did, did I just out myself. Yeah. Damn. Anyway. Um, so moving on after some introductions when the boat gets on the island and we get some foreshadowing, uh, we get a feel for how the island operates, who was responsible for what. We meet the staff, which we have Coconut Pete, obviously Hank Putnam, which is Jay Chandler looks like I'll pronounce that wrong. Lars, yeah, who is Farva, Juan, who is Steve Lemmy, Dave, who is Paul Soder, and Sam, who is the fun police as well as some other reoccurring guests that we'll see throughout the movie. Penelope's probably the most important. We'll say that. Penelope. Penelope. That is, Penelope. Penelope. That is Penelope. the other thing Penelope. that stays with me <laughs> to the point where I don't call pineapples pineapples any longer. They are Penelope. Did you, did anyone dig in? Cause I couldn't go. The trivia on this is so shallow for the quiz. Did anyone dig into where they got the Penelope? No, uh, I, I came across that. You want to, you want to spell it out real quick for the listener? If I recall correctly, uh, Jay and one of the other guys was watching a movie in theaters, and when Penelope Cruz's name came up in the credits, some jackass in front of him said, Penelope, what kind of name is that? And they thought that was hilarious that this rube thought Penelope was Penelope. So they put that it in the movie. That is hilarious. It's I'm glad they put that in the movie. It's something yeah. along that line. I don't know if that's exactly right, but yeah, it doesn't matter. It's so, about it. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the nuts and bolts of it. So Later that night, uh, when Carlos goes to take the trash out, he's also slashed down. Cut to uh, the beach scene. We get to hear Ponytail's cocktails and the great Margaritaville interaction. Um, Play Margaritaville! <laughs> and just remember, guys. I think you mean Pina Coladasburg. <laughs> no, 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 Margaritaville. Margaritaville. I wrote that song seven and a half fucking years before Margaritaville was on the map. <laughs> Mother, motherfucker. <laughs> I do. Of a son of a bitch. Son of a son of a bitch is that's a good gag. Hey, yeah. And Bill just Pat- remember, gentlemen, don't lose your tails because if you do, you'll just be left with cocks and tail. Tony, Wait, Tony no, Cox. Tony Cox. I did it yeah. wrong. Whatever. Uh, now the Stupid best is, joke. The best the best part of that interaction where he's like, You weren't even born yet. And then Hank comes in, he's like, Come on, buddy, we gotta go. Let's get, <laughs> let's let's get, get you a drink. drink. Let's get let's you a get drink. You drink. <laughs> Uh, from there we get the machete phil story which is uh in summation is a tale about a staffer who was tricked into having sex with the corpse then he cut his own dick off and he still terrorizes the island now did you get the reference there mccheese that's a slasher reference i didn't well i i read the trivia that that has some movie background sleepaway camp right sleepaway camp yeah, yeah. It, it, i mean it's not a it's just a riff on sleepaway camp that i love that that was probably my favorite slasher reference in the movie yeah nice. i will say the best part of this is that putnam ruins the joke by doing the tuck like he he has tucked his dick and balls between his legs <laughs> and, and i am that the, boy was, <laughs> i am that boy and then the the joke that really lands and like i feel bad doing like they here's the best part of the movie. Here's the funny part for those who are listening, but, and then well, what's his name? Dave, Dave stands Dave up is... and he's already prepared the tuck. Like you're a real asshole. Yeah, you get a double mangina. You get a double mangina. It's great. It was, that was full on 
I hadn't seen this movie in a while. When that happened, I, I laughed out loud for a little bit. I'm like, oh, yeah. well done. Yeah, that I mean, got a chortle. Again, th- like I said, this is more comedy than horror, obviously. And some of the some of the shit is actually very funny. Some of the writing is really good, and some of the little gags are pretty spot on. We'll get to it in a bit. Yeah. Like when when you gets in the golf cart, and then she looks over, and the dude's just walking next to her, like, "Hey, <laughs> yeah, you're um, in a you're in a golf cart. <laughs> it's yeah, going like five miles an yeah. hour." So, anyways, the next day we get back to our normal resort fare, except for what I've never seen before and is an awesome idea of a drinking Pac-Man, which I want TW to take notes on because we have a Buffalo trip coming up in two months. Uh, During drinking Pac-Man, another staffer is murdered. I think that's, is that Cal, right? Uh, No, his name is Phil. I thought we had Carlos. Right, he's Phil the pair. Phil the pair, yeah. Yeah. Because uh, they're like, who they're we like, see him eating a pear too, and that's supposed to be a gag. The pear is eating a well, pear. Well, they're like, the gag is Q, you know, Q uh, uh, pretzel, and he's in the shack. Yeah, Juan is in the <laughs> shack. A watermelon. Having, having yeah. sex with the watermelon. Yeah. Uh, anyways, he's murdered in the maze, and then finally the other staffers start finding all the bodies. You know, we have him in the maze. Wait a minute. We, then... we, we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about the one guy. Uh, who you've seen him around. I, I don't know his name, but he's in a ton of stuff. Uh, and he's a really funny guy. And he's like, I want to get you fucker. And he, t- he just straight up tackles the pair. Oh, that's yeah. That's Michael Weaver. Him and Nate. Faxon oh, he's in a have, ton of commercials. Yeah. Him and Nate Faxon have one of my favorite scenes, which is they do the intro and then they redo it where they're standing by the pool. And it's him and his dude, bro, buddy like fake hitting on chicks and then they give each other a really weird hug and he's like i'm not gay dude i'm not gay get away from me and then you see in the background the chick get decapitated yeah that's uh that is i don't know his name in the movie but it's michael weaver the other yeah. guy is excuse me bear fucker yeah that's- <laughs> yeah i mean they, they re it's the same as all these troops they reuse all their buddies in the movie but no they do a yeah. great job um because the one dude's one of the germans in, in beer fest weaver yes yeah. weaver that dude's in a ton of commercials Grandpa. I just want to say <laughs> oh man uh the staff also finds out through all of this murder that their means of communication uh the radio phone that they say don't exist and their means of escape the boats are all trashed uh, and the message to the staff on the job board or not job board but the daily board is do your jobs and you won't die Obviously, the staff is freaked, but hey, Coconut Pete's got Hank here to help because Hank is an ex-FBI agent who does not take shit. Uh, even with that skill set, we're going to blase over a good bit. We'll talk about it real quick. Hank and you get murdered that night. Well, Hank gets murdered and delivers the single greatest line of the movie. <laughs> it, it, that, that is part of my question, so we don't have to do the line now. We can do it in yeah. the questions. Uh, and we already talked about it. You gets murdered in that ridiculous way where she starts driving away in the golf cart and the just dude is not just fast enough. Just walking right alongside her. I like, mean, to be fair, if you're driving an actual golf cart, that's probably faster than you can run. Oh, yeah. I have yeah. a golf cart. Does yeah, 22. Sure. Yeah. Well, I could run 22 miles an hour. No problem. In that dumbass outfit with your machete? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So if I got my kids on for sure, (laughs) we're back to the next day. The staff is again, looking for clues and trying to keep up the appearance that everything is on the up and up on the Island for the guests. Uh, 
but all the clues are mostly dead ends. Bunch of, you know, just set up jokes. Putnam and Lars venture off into the woods to find the lost boats. And we get to the reveal that Penelope is definitely not the killer when she goes out of her way to bang Juan. Uh, not bad scene. Lars comes back with no Putman and everyone gets super suspicious. Uh, that night, the killer accidentally takes out a guest while trying to kill Yenny and shit starts to go kind of sideways. I will say throughout, they have spent a ton of time doing like little, little moments where they like, they give everyone a motive that they're the killer. And I think that's supposed to be a joke, but I'm not sure it is. If it's, you watch it, if you watch it more than once, you pick up on it a lot. Uh, I mean, as someone I mean, who's they, watched this movie a ton of times in college, like that beginning scene where Rolo doesn't have the weed for Sam, and he like mouths like "you motherfucker," like you start to realize that everyone has a built-in motive throughout the movie. Yeah, uh, and they start to weed themselves out. It's it's and definitely a riff on like a murder she wrote thing like oh well, it could be this person could be this person and they play that dramatic music and like zoom in slowly on the person's face yeah and i like i bring it up because in the scene with penelope penelope she does this acrobatic thing to jump on carlos and she says oh well i'm a gymnast and you know my coach said if i ever ran away he'd hunt me down and kill me and and kill anybody that stopped me from going back and like it does that and at that point i'm like Okay, fine. I get it. I get the joke. I haven't laughed at one of these, but let's keep it moving, I guess. They're laying it on pretty thick, but that part yeah. of the scene, the, the, the best part you're missing at is when he goes and checks in with everyone in the closet, and he's like, I'm not sure yet. I'm going to need to pump her for some yeah. more information. I need to <laughs> pump her for some more information. Uh, Juan may be the best character in this whole movie. Juan is the most consistently funny. I'll give you that. I would agree at least at least out of the blo- the broken lizard team um, my favorite i think yeah, the funniest yeah. things in the movie are well coconut pete as the actor but uh every picture of coconut pete the album covers of coconut pete of course the yeah. songs those are those i think are like just comedic gold like the picture of him just smoking the joint like looking high as a kite <laughs> or I the love, picture I of like him riding the, like the seahorse or whatever it is Chumpy said it earlier, but I like the scene after uh, after Hank dies and he's shirtless in the ocean trying to pour rum on his hat and the the fucking wave knocks him to the ground. He's out there with his guitar strapped on his back, <laughs> waiting in the ocean, sending Hank's hat off with a you know a, a burial at sea. It's great. Yeah, that, but, uh, but, but to, to your point, T Dubs, all the little details they put into that coconut peak character are fantastic and. In addition to, you know, Bill Paxton's, you know, committed performance. Do you know what the uh, secret ingredient in Coconut Pete's Pie is? Uh, coconut? Yes! God damn it! <laughs> That's just like how he hucks the coconut at the wall. Anyways, so basically after all this, enemies become friends, friends become enemies. Juan's past of goat fucking is revealed, but I digress. Basically... We then go full thrasher with Coconut Pete getting it, Dave getting it, and then Putnam getting it, which I enjoyed Putnam's death scene because he just whacks tennis balls at the killer. It's my it's my favorite death because he's so confident in his forehand that he's like, <laughs> give me the rack and the balls. And he's just hitting Get out tennis of here, balls on this guy. Run. I, like my forehand is so good. It will stop the onslaught of the murderer. See, yeah. that joke just did not work for me. 
that's... Yeah, I mean, well, this is the thing. Like, if that joke doesn't hit, then you're not going to like the movie that much, which is why it ended up making so little money. Yeah. Like, I mean, it, there, there, there's a dividing line in this thing where you either love it, you're, and then if you don't love it, you fall into like the, yeah, I'm not going to spend money on this. It's we're not that funny. It's not funny. And what really kills me about that scene with Putin that that to me is not funny is that he says probably the weakest line in the movie uh, at this point. It's supposed to be, I guess, a joke because his character has a thing for Jenny. He says, and I quote, you've manacled me to my deathbed, you Piccadilly whore. That is the one line I actually enjoyed. I'm like, I as I get it. Is that supposed to be funny? I mean... I'll circle I, back listen, to what we said about Putnam earlier. I, I, think I, I think he's one of the worst characters. I like I, I didn't get I didn't a like it. It's like, it seems four. like cruel and misogynistic. Is I mean, uh, yeah, but the whole yeah, the character just the whole movie's misogynistic because it's making fun of '80s horror movies, which are totally what, misogynistic what, for the most part. Even most though there's of, always the final girl, everybody else in the movie is stupid. And dies because of their stupidity and their hormones. And there's a lot of sex in it, but for the most part, it's like more just consensual sex uh, between willing adults. But there's a lot of like, you know, from the male perspective and a lot of like, you know, gross sex talk and objectification of women. But I think it's, it's just, there's not that element of cruelty in it. Whereas obviously... Putnam's character takes a slightly darker tone there when Ginny, in his well, opinion, has betrayed him. He's the only character that actually apparently, like, well, Lars, I guess, too, but he respects Jenny, yet she, you know, she sleeps with Juan, apparently. She sleeps with Rolo, d- d- No, does Putnam loser. really respect her? He seems like a creeper know. the whole time. He does not. Oh, no. Putnam is hardcore incel, but I still yeah, think the line... Though. You pick a daily whore. I, I thought it's pretty funny. funny. There's a lot yeah, of things like that don't age particularly well about the movie. I guess that would be one of them. I mean, it's also, an early 2000s sex yeah. comedy. Yeah, there's a lot here that you're like, yeah, Steve oh, Lamb wow. is playing a guy from Nicaragua, and he's most definitely not from there. So. Uh, but his, so yeah, I had a problem with that accent as well. But his dad apparently is from Argentina, so. I'll give it a slight pass. I'm not here to be the accent police, but oh, well, at least he doesn't. Better than The Rock is a Spanish conquistador in, in right. Jungle right. Cruise. So. Hey. I, the, the, I just want to get it out of the way now. Putnam's accent is just bad. It's not offensive because it's a British accent. It's just, it's just bad and it wasn't funny. Um, the accent that uh, Juan's character or whatever the actor's name is. Okay, so he's got Hispanic heritage. Fine. No issues there, really. But they don't play it for joke either. That's the other thing. They don't really play that as a joke. It's, you know, it was okay. That's the whole Penelope joke. You can't say Penelope. He says Penelope. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a minor. That's that's just, you know, I I, I guess I wouldn't find that offensive, I would hope. Quit quit getting sidetracked. We got to finish the plot. So the guests are finally made aware that everyone is dead when they're all strung up in the big main bar. We get the final reveal that Sam, the fun police, is the murderer. No one expects the fun police. And he's doing this because Coconut Pete didn't sell him the island? Totally oh. normal murdering spree excuses. I do Which love when it's about Rolo stealing his grass. Initially, he's like, that was a dick move, but no, it's not that. <laughs> and then like they scroll a second later. <laughs> So here's my only problem with that. And I need you guys to explain this to me because I'm probably overthinking it. You've already been a hater so far. Just keep hating. 
Uh, will do. As you indicated earlier, McCheese, you do get several of those like motivation scenes that play throughout the movie where you're like, aha, is this it? Is that it? Why didn't they ever show us the sell on the island thing? Why wasn't that well, ever? Why didn't they introduce it earlier? Was it for, is that is that the gag? Is that it comes at the end and it's a surprise? For, for the record, there was a 15 minute longer cut of this movie. That's true. Uh, so maybe it's in there. I know there's like a whole subplot with some police, apparently. I don't know though. I've never seen the unrated cut. Yeah. yeah so, so yeah. I looked into this because I wanted to see that one just because if it's available, I'll watch the longer cut of anything. Um, it's not available to rent on Amazon prime and I couldn't find it anywhere. Only the standard R rated cut was available, but I did see that uh, uh, the director, you know, uh, said that he still feels his R rated version is the director's cut. Well, they took so, it out of production. Take that as you will. They, they, they've completely taken this out of actual production. You can only get the VOD, so you can't buy it anymore unless you buy it secondhand. Yeah, it's yeah, well, annoying. No, I just meant to rent. You can't even stream the no, you can't, cut yeah, you on can't Amazon. Get the, it's yeah, just you, the R-rated version. Yeah. You can't get Puddle Cruiser at all, which was their basically student-made film, unless yeah. you buy the DVD aftermarket, which is so annoying. Just come on, studios, release this. this, this <coughs> Pirate Bay. <coughs> so let's keep going. After some standard Jason-esque moments, Lars, Juan, Jenny, and Penelope uh, escape to the ocean and find the last boat sunk to the bottom. Uh, Sam still isn't dead because slasher film and finally takes out Juan before being cut in half by a boat via rope. Uh, the final three escape as Sam's legs hopelessly swim after them. Les fin, or whatever the French say. I gotta yeah. say, some really good practical effects with uh, the fun police getting cut in half and Juan's uh, basically sliced up midsection. Yeah, so explain to me that part because he swims up. He's like, oh, you should have seen the other ombre. And when then they pull him up, did that like open the wound or was it always there? Like, it I mean, seems I like think, his... I think he knew he was probably in shock. Like this is, oh, this, okay. Let's not think too heavily about a broken lizard horror. <laughs> <I was> saying, <laughs> you know, it's a comedy. You, you're putting a lot, you're putting a lot of weight into this. All right. I mean, that's about it. How many beers do you need to enjoy this? I'll go first. For me, it's eh, two to three enjoyment beers. It clocks in. A little long for a comedy horror at a, uh, over an hour and a half. I think it's 144 to be exact. So I'm leaning towards three. This also falls into the camp of like, it's going to be better if you're watching with your buddies and drinking. Uh, so if that's the case, I'm like three to four. Um, let's go with Captain Cash. What do you got? Uh, same with you. Three to four. Uh, oh, I forgot. Not... I forgot to. Sorry, I gotta come back out. I forgot to mention mine are all enjoyment. I, I have no pain yeah, yeah, for yeah. this. No, no, no. Yeah, it, this isn't pain. It, I maybe one pain beer in the three to four, but really, it's it, it's, it's all dick pretty... and fart jokes. I mean, yeah, it's nothing hard to struggle through, and you get some boobs. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a pretty <laughs> brisk comedy. It, there are like the problem at the end of the day is only one in about four jokes land the way you need it to. Yeah, I mean it's and rapid you, fire. Like every yeah, every you, sentence is a joke. Yeah, but when you kill Bill Paxton, your best character, halfway through, uh, back half's a little bit of a slog. Well, and then you you kill MC Ganey a quarter of the way through. So by the halfway Just point, harsh. you've gotten you've gotten rid of the two funniest people in that sort of like people who shouldn't be funny but are killing it. 
you've killed both of them and then you have a couple of broken lizard guys half of them are hitting it half of them are doing characters that don't land i agree with you um chumpy yeah you know i was right on the fence on this one uh you know i'm gonna i would have given it three beers but i'll give it four just because it it breaks that 90 minute mark uh because yeah it's a dumb movie um but the jokes are like you know rapid fire it's a joke a minute um so if one didn't land for you just wait something else will be coming it might be kind of funny uh the movie is very quotable but it's not nearly as quotable as super troopers yeah um and again there are a lot of jokes in them but a lot of them even the ones that quote unquote hit aren't really super funny it's just a lot of it's a lot of real like juvenile uh 90s sex comedy humor so it's all right but there's some pretty good stuff in there and bill paxton is great he's definitely given it his all and that character is funny and again i've said it before the effort they put into fleshing out coconut pete is pretty hilarious those little details are solid so yeah for all enjoyment beers this movie is dumb fun yeah i mean maybe it's one of those sophomoric things where they're you know they had a they had a hit they're they're trying some shit out they're finding the ground and then they come back with beer fest and they have another hit you know i look at this and i say this is probably i blame american pie and like euro trip and that kind of 90s gross out comedy gross out sex comedy broken lizard did a slightly subversive like stoner comedy with super troopers and then now they took their hand at the the teen sex comedy slash slasher spoof Uh, yeah it's 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 a fun movie whatever They, they were trying something. T-Dub, who uh, do you got? I really like this movie still. It's not my favorite Broken Lizard movie, but I think the fact that it created Coconut Pete and you can buy a True. Coconut Pete vinyl with all his songs like speaks to so <laughs> how inventive this movie was in parts. I would say three enjoyment beers. Like I prefer a movie like this, uh, which is a riff on 80s slasher films, so much more to like, this spoof crap like scary movie where like I'd agree. Like, I agree I would agree with that hard I don't want to cut yeah, you off yeah, but I'd much rather watch this than watch scary movie yeah yeah let's be clear here thunderous wizard this movie spoofs on the horror tropes from the 80s slashers but it is not a spoof movie like those generic formulaic things from uh, the scary movie guys from the 2000s where it was like yeah like epic Evan. movie not yeah. another teen movie though that's where we did get evans uh, so yeah so yeah. three uh enjoyment beers i i actually was like laughing out loud watching this and my wife's like what is so funny i'm like yeah like you gotta understand like bill paxton is like this fake jimmy buffett and she's like all right cool it's like no it's really funny. like you have to understand this is very funny like like i don't think you get how cool this is that they're making fun of jimmy buffett for being a hack because he's a hack but he probably didn't get it well i I think we mentioned it we were talking about it before the pod they actually screened this before it went to theaters they screened it for jimmy buffett and he loved it he thought it was hysterical and actually asked to he has to perform some of their songs on his tour see definitely does not get that he's a hack (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I listen, I don't know. At the point at which you're asking to play the songs of the parody version of yourself, 
I feel like you kind of get it. You can call yeah, Jimmy. I, you can call Jimmy Buffett a hack all you want, T Dubs, but you're wrong. I mean, he's he can play good music and people love him, and people are spoofing him. So he's done something right with his career. And he's going to dry hey, his listen. tears with giant stacks of he's, money. He's attained while he a lot rides of to his next sold out concert. And guess what? He doesn't. My criticisms of Jimmy Buffett mean very little to him. You know, until he blows out his flip flop. <laughs> Oh lord! <laughs> that he stepped on a pop upset. top. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but he's got that booze in the blender, so no concern for him, obviously. All right, all right. Before we get into our questions, thoughts, <laughs> trivia, whatnot, let's take a break so we can hear from our buds over at the Double Turn Podcast. Hey, what's going on, everybody? I'm Boss Ross. And I'm the J-Man, and we're the Double Turn Podcast. Every Friday, we bring you the best in pro wrestling talk. Whether it's previews and reviews on pay-per-view events, discussing the hottest topics in pro wrestling, or bringing you a look back to some of the best matches and moments in history. We have it all for you. So check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and the Anchor app. And you can also give us a follow on Instagram at the Double Turn Podcast. And we will catch you on the flip side. That's a doubler. Welcome back to the 130th episode of Hops and Box Office Flots, brought, <laughs> brought to you by WoBamEntertainment.com. As a reminder, we are covering Broken Lizards Club Dread. So we're on to our general commentary, lingering questions, yada, yada, yada. Uh, first, since this is technically a slasher, do you guys have a favorite kill? I have choices, unless you have one in mind. Oh, I've got one for sure. Um I guess well, if 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 you're going on screen, that's a little more difficult because most of it happens off screen. But my favorite uh, practical effect is definitely drug DJ Dave's head spinning on the turntable. That's good. I like that. I mean that one and uh, coconut feet coming through the window. Good practical effect. Like I kind of feel like I have to give it to the McGinty. Sorry, I keep doing that. Sorry, I have to give it to the MC Ganey. Uh, you double team death because they happen one right after the other. And it like, that's where it feels the most like evil dead to me. Like, yes, this is technically a horror, but this is silly and kind of funny, right? You and Hank are dead. <laughs> why, why? What did I do? <laughs> yeah, exactly. What the fuck did I do? What are you threatening me? You think Eddie money has to put up with this shit? Yeah. Um, uh, hey, I'll go next to make cheese. Uh, my favorite kill is uh carlos because he's technically killed off screen but i like that he slams into the side of the shack you know on the parasail as uh, farva and the aerobics instructor are talking he slams in the background to me that was a good you know that was a, a good scene in the movie too and it was kind of like hey i didn't expect that i didn't expect to see a corpse come flying into frame and slam into something that was pretty cool uh but you know the thing about it is I'll just comment on the violence because we talked about the visual with the DJ's head on the turntable. Most of the stuff is like PG 13 up until that point in terms of the violence, you don't see a lot of blood and whatnot, you know, there, I mean, screen. there's a, de- there's a decapitation in the first five minutes of the movie. I do. I do. Yeah, love but the decap- it's at a distance. It's a it's first a person shot it, too. And it's cool. Like yeah. he cuts the head off and it spins and, and then her falls. body is wriggling yeah. right in front of it. Yeah. yeah. So it's like yeah. you get his perspective, which is kind of neat. And then you see her dead body in the background. Um, yeah. So I did like that one as well. 
I like yeah, it, was, it was it was a cool it was a cool uh, cinematography shot. I like innovative camera tricks. Yeah, yeah. I, I I will say, and I mean, I never delved into it too much on the pod, but like my vision of horror is like the only things that really scare me are things that could happen to me. That's why I don't really get too much into like Jason and Freddy. But the one thing in this movie that every time I watch it, like shivers down my spine, want to throw up, is in that same first five minutes where he kills off the final of the three sex romps where she turns around and she grabs that machete and her hand slides down it. Yeah. I've I've had a bunch of hand and like leg cuts from work and like seeing that happen. I'm like, Oh gosh, (laughs) I know what that feels like. I like I've, I've done that and it's horrible. Uh, Yeah. That was, that was kind of brutal, but I guess my point is there's last two kills with the DJ and coconut Pete really dark like the movie like the tone shifts and the well, final showdown it definitely gets way darker right at the end especially yeah, with it uh, does with the fun police a uh, quick question though mcgee's you don't think if our parents had, had killed a uh, sex predator and lit him on fire in elementary school that he wouldn't have haunted our dreams i mean i got a lot of things that haunt my dreams but i don't think a sex predator is going to show up there well that's freddy krueger i freddy krueger terrified me as a kid because in your dreams, well, maybe you just don't know how to sleep properly. You just got to get either drunk enough or tired enough to fall directly asleep. Yeah, let, yeah, we've we've already talked about this, but let's keep going with it. Since this is a comedy, there is some awesome one-liners, comments, and jokes. Does anything stick with you? I think you got. I mean, I have a list, but I think you guys have your own. So I'm gonna start with Chumpzilla. I think I already know yours. Yeah, I already quoted it. I, I love the. You think any money has to put up with this shit? Yeah, no, That's, it's a it's a fantastic one. Um, Captain Cash, T Dubs, you got I, one, or you, do you want a list? It's uh, not, no, it's not a single one for me. I, like I mentioned it already, but the apple pie that shits back, or you shat in the one pie that shits back. I have it here. Do you want me to read it? No, no, no. I don't <laughs> need it. I just that has played on repeat in my head for the last fifteen years. So I kind of feel like I have to give it to that. There's always one fuckhead like you who tries to shit in the apple pie. Well, you just shat in the one apple pie who knows how to shit back. Yeah, like (laughs) that. No one expects the fun police and Penelope are the ones that I just I can't stop thinking about. And I wish I could, but I can't. A hundred percent. It's Pina Colottaberg. That interaction, the look on Bill Paxton's face. When the, the drunk indignity, girl, yeah, like says, <laughs> play Margaritaville, and he's like, son of a son of a bitch, mother yeah. motherfucker. That's it's so great. It's just so great. I mean, he he wades in thigh deep into just being the most upset, not Jimmy Buffett of all time. A close second would be him talking to the two uh, the two kitchen workers, like going. Hey, so you guys are going to be responsible for cooking for the whole island. You're ready you know for the, it. Do you know what the secret ingredient <laughs> yeah, is? You know what the Coconut secret ingredient is? He's just staring at them. They just <laughs> they just stare blankly, <laughs> silently. Like, Come on. I I love that scene. I mean, that the best part of that scene isn't like them. Isn't even him doing the God, yes, God damn it, and throwing the coconut. It's five seconds later when someone's looking through the window and he's just throwing shit in the air and, and he's mixing and he's mixing the stuff and he's yeah. like, yeah. 
The one that always sticks out to me because me and Uncle Beef still use it is right at the beginning of the movie when it's Rolo and the uh, the two chicks. Um, he randomly said he's going to be picking his teeth out of my dump, and I'm like, I don't understand how the fuck. What are you going to are you going to punch him in the face and then swallow his teeth? I like his I, teeth. Yeah, I, I'm so confused by that. And then it's the same. Right after that, he says. Hey Stacy, while I torch up this baby, will you go ahead and lick my chest? <laughs> How about you lick my chest? <laughs> it's so uh, weird. One scene I, I really, really love <laughs> is when they have the fake team up moment and they're all like they have the slow-mo walk, and then it goes to full speed, and he's like, I'm not going anywhere with Lars. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not doing this, and I'm not doing this. And then all of a sudden, Dave clearly high as hell. No, he spent the like, whole movie just doing ecstasy, just starts looking around crazily. And like disappears into the wilderness laughing hysterically. Yeah. I love it. He like skips away <laughs> laughing hysterically. I mean, it's all these. Li- I think there's something wrong with the lights. It's all this little shit. I mean, even uh, I don't I don't think we mentioned it on the pod, but there's one scene where they're looking at the album to like figure out the next killer. And Dave's like, well, what do we listen to it backwards? And like they do it and they're like, you're fucking stop. You're an idiot. And then they play the naughty cow part. And he's like, Oh, what's the next line in the album? Like it's gonna tell him the next killer, and it's just coconut people. I'll just look at him like fuck, dude. <laughs> and Jenny's like, Oh, great. And we're stuck, you know, trying to figure out the stupidest song in the world. <laughs> and then Bill Pax is like, Oh, no, great. No, just tell me how you really feel here. How many gold records do you have? <laughs> how many gold records do um, you have? Yeah, that's a good that's a great line. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no i like that they're like what were you thinking about when you wrote this song he's like how the fuck would i know this is high I on acid the entire time uh all right so big question did this deserve to flop no there's way worse comedies that actually made back their money and super troopers is great this movie is pretty good uh obviously beer fest is great super troopers 2 is very funny these guys we're able to make uh, the Slam and Salmon is their, I think, their least uh, funny movie. But these guys were able to make a host of funny movies. They're all good buddies from college. I, I think it's a cool thing. I wish this would have made more. I'm glad that it has like sort of a cult thing and that the coconut peach stuff lives on. But I, with an eight million dollar budget, like no way this should have flopped. Yeah, yeah. No, that that's a really good point. On eight million dollars. This could have easily tripled its budget, but it didn't. I didn't dig into it to see what it came out against, but I mean, it opened real bad in the States. The 7.5 that I mentioned earlier, that's worldwide after a while. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm sure this, you know, probably ended up making money in the end with uh, home video and, and uh, rental sales and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, I, I'm shocked that this barely made back its budget because, you know, it's a serviceable early odds comedy. There's a lot of stuff here that works. There's a lot of stuff that doesn't, but you'd think after super troopers, these guys would have had enough name recognition to get, you know, a, a, a 20 million bucks. Something, right. Yeah. I mean, that would $20 million is still peanuts, but that, that would have been a modest financial success. I'm sure. And unless uh, Cash has something to say, I mean, it leads me into my next question. Where did this go wrong? What, I mean, did it just fall into a weird category? Was it too sophomoric and too dick and fart jokes? Was it not spoofing slashers hard enough? Like, Ugh. how does this, like, 
it's not a bad well, movie. Like, okay, how did, well, it, how did quickly, it not at least make its money back? Well, quickly, McCheese, you hit on something, and I think we need our resident film expert to chime in. This movie was released in February of 04. What's a February release date mean, T Dubs? Well, it's, well, it's where movies go to die. In 04, Except yeah. They, Deadpool. they basically put it out there to die. Now it's different. Like now it's a it's a bankable month, but in 2004 it was like well we don't believe in this project we're not gonna market it we're not gonna hype it Who whatever this do we know um, we know i forget I, I thought this was a fox thing and i'm like oh this should be on yeah Disney searchlight fox. yeah uh the big thing to me is like 2004 now we're getting to the era of movies where everybody loves sequels which was not really a thing before the 2000s like you could be a fresh IP and that was a big deal. And I think the the super troopers like uh, cult of personality is so real. Like people are like, Oh, the, they're doing a new movie, but it's not super troopers too. Well, I don't care. People want, wanted the sequel to super troopers for so long. They just gave, they just didn't show up for this, which is stupid because like these guys had different ideas. Some of them are hit or miss, whatever. But it's way more interesting for me for them to do something different than it is for me for them to recycle those characters. Now, were the characters in Super Troopers as a whole better than the characters in this movie? Yeah, but I still want them to try something different. But I think that's the, that's why the movie failed. Like People just wanted Super Troopers too. Yeah, and just for the record, McCheese... In February of 04, you also had Miracle, starring Kurt Russell, the, the hockey movie. Fifty First Dates, which is stealing a bit of your tropical movie crowd, right? Woof. Well, that, um, movie, that movie crushed, so. Confessions of a Teen Drama Queen and Euro Trip. Oh, man, Euro Trip? Christ. Euro Trip, yep. They, uh, they definitely put Euro Trip out the there Christ, to die. Guys. I, was yep. say, I wonder if Euro Trip Wait, I wonder if Euro Trip made its money back or not. Like, well, let's find shocked. out. I'm very well, shocked that this did not make its money yes. back. Oh, uh, it, it, well, no, I'm sorry. It did not make its money back, McCheese. It was a $25 million budget for Euro Trip, and it made 20.8. But still, that's a lot more money than uh, Club Red made. But that movie's, a, shit. that movie's a cult movie, too, because of Scotty yeah. doesn't know with Matt Damon. Like That's a thing that yeah. like exists still like that people yeah. talk about. Also, mm-hmm. how did the Passion of the Christ miss its Christmas window? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it was an Easter thing, right? Easter thing, yeah. <laughs> the thing that the thing that kills me, you know, how I saw Club Dread, I paid money to go see Club Dread, and then I movie hopped to Passion of the Christ immediately following it, and I'm just like, this was a weird day, everybody. <laughs> Wait, you actually saw Passion of the Christ in theater? In the theater. I mean, I didn't pay for it because movie hopping, but. You know, well, he paid for your sins, asshole. So you should pay for the movie. <laughs> Listen, if, no, if I no, need to see two, need more money. two hours of torture porn, I'll just watch a Saw movie. Thanks. Yeah. So let let let's close this out. Hostel Three: The, the Fashion of Christ. <laughs> I think I think this is unanimous across the board. How awesome is Bill Paxton in this? Oh, is there a scale? Cause I, like I don't know the I most awesome. Can we yeah, find yeah. can we find someone who like gets taken out of their normal uh, category and put into a whole different movie sect and still just crushes it? Because like is, it's one of the greatest random comedic turns of all time. 
Bill <sighs> Paxton understood the assignment. He carried the group project. But the fact I that mean, he sang all these songs, like everything you hear is him singing it. Like he went that far where he's like, no, I'll star in it. But also I'm going to get in a studio and do the la, 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 la. <laughs> and like he was committed to this. Yeah. Again, he makes tons of little choices. He is coconut pee to the T in every scene. Even when he's not the main character in the scene, he's still doing coconut peat stuff at all times. It, yeah. It's a really, it's a really good comedic performance on his part. Is there any like stuff out there about like how well they got along with him and how much fun he had doing this? Cause no, he I mean, like, seems I, like he's I've, having a blast. I've looked yeah, everywhere absolutely. for trivia on this movie. And like, I don't have a, the, there is the director's cut does have a commentary track and I couldn't get that, which I don't know if they talk about it, but you just have to assume like there, there's not a bunch online, which means they must've just been super cool together. Super buddies. Cause like, you know, he they gave they fed him. They're like, hey, you're going to be a fake Jimmy Buffett. And Bill Paxton is like, fuck, yeah, I'm in. And they wrote these songs. He played them. He act like everything was kismet. And so I, I don't think there was any sort of drama or any sort of like backstory. At least I could find like I looked everywhere for all this stuff. He seemed like I've also heard stories that he's just like a super genuine and incredible guy. Arnold said a lot of nice things about him when he passed away. And so when I watch it, like, I'm just thinking like, oh, he's having the time of his life playing this character, which is also like now that he's passed away, which sucks, kind of makes the movie even more fulfilling for me that he played this weird random role and did all these super funny things. And now they exist in the cultural zeitgeist. And there's probably, you know, there's a certain section of you know people 20 and under who don't know bill paxton for all the reasons we do like oh at one time he was the only guy to get killed by a predator an alien and a terminator and you know he's in all these incredible movies and you know game over man he, game he, over I, there's I, a I ride feel- where he phones in the the entire voiceover because he was so pissed the end of film it. Like, I, feel, I feel like i feel like when you get that bill paxton like super cut of everything he's done with his career you go through the big stuff, you know, Terminator, you know, all that. And then you just sprinkle in him doing the, the, la, 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 no, no, la, just la. him doing like him yelling at the, <laughs> no, <laughs> I wrote that song seven fucking years. <laughs> you can just mean, drop that even... in and people would be like, oh, wow. Like his breath and depth, superb. Yeah. I mean, would you even call that a stunt casting at this at this point? I don't I mean I don't think it really was at the time either. But to get somebody like that to play Coconut Pete, you know, I, I, that just I, I wonder how I, they worked, figured that out. I and honestly to your think point, I wish there was more about that. It was the only reason the movie got made is if they could cast somebody famous enough to play Coconut Pete. Oh no, yeah. If no if it was one of them, the movie never got off the ground. If it was one of the Broken Lizard guys, no. Not None of them were old enough they, at the time. Need, it wouldn't have worked. Well, they needed someone to be the anchor and fucking They needed their Brian the Cox. Um yeah, so here's my point, thing actually. Way to go. So here's my thing about this movie. This is why I think it did worse than Super Troopers because I know there's some disagreement here, but Super Troopers had a plot. Okay, there was a plot and the movie happened around that plot. 
Yeah, but this all movie, horror movies don't have a plot. Like in the eighties, no, all like, the horror movies is there's some evil happening, and eventually, yeah. Name a Friday the Thirteenth movie that has a plot. Well, I, yeah, but, but this movie does have a plot. It's kind of horror movie plot, but the problem is the plot is also a joke. So, like, so the movie it just it's just not it's not as satisfying as something like Super is Troopers. It, I think isn't that's that part also of the reason. meta though? That the plot is a joke. I, Have you ever seen I, Friday yeah. or Nightmare on Elm Street Five: The Dream Child? That plot is a total joke. Oh, well, yeah, and, that, and that's kind of the thing. Because here, let's talk about it now, real quickly. I, I, I'll start, and so let's see if I miss any of these. Be but as quick movie, as humanly possible, because trivia is up. Sure, sure. This movie does reference a ton of slasher movies. Um, you called it Jason-esque, uh, McCheese. I agree. There are some Jason-esque things. In fact, one of the opening kills, one of the one of the 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 camp the camp employees is wearing like a traditional camp counselor outfit, very Camp Crystal Lake. Also, the killer is kind of like Michael Myers. He seems to be supernaturally strong. He teleports, can't seem to be killed. Uh, you get that dream sequence with uh, with uh, Putnam. That's kind of Freddy-esque, right? He gets he almost gets killed in his dream. Uh, you also get the sleepaway camp uh, bit with uh, with the manginas. Like this definitely spoofs a ton of that stuff. But I just think not having a stronger overall narrative kind of hurt it, you know, because it's just kind of throwing all this stuff up to see what sticks all right, well, from start to finish. But anyway, let's move on to trivia. Well, before we get into the competitive portion of the pod. Let's all uh, take a leaking turtle break, if you will, and hear from our friends over at the Hop Nation podcast. Hey, everyone, this is Steve. And this is Adam. And we're part of the Hop Nation USA podcast. Pittsburgh's number three craft beer podcast. Join us every Friday for new beer reviews. We'll talk about the news, history, and homebrewing. Plus, we'll sit down with the best brewers and industry personalities that'll have us. So whether you're a casual drinker, a hazy boy hophead, or even if you're a whale hunting cellar hoarder, just search Hop Nation USA on Apple, Spotify, or your favorite podcatcher and join the nation. All right, we are back, listener, and we are straight into our Ponytails Cocktails Trivia Challenge. Standard format, five questions. Chime in tonight are Coconut Pete's Paella. Where's my penis? Or any of the pod favorites? Is everybody ready? Can I get nobody expects the fun police? Yeah, I mean, whatever you want. I'm not going to judge you as long as you chime in. Coconut Pete has multiple albums shown or discussed in the movies. Which of these albums are not one of them? Emphasize not. A, Sea Shanties and Wet Panties. B, I'd tell you, but I'd have to Kila. C, I hope they have hammocks in heaven, or D, Spanish fly fishermen. B, farts and farts. Uh, I got a, I got Chumzilla on that one. Yeah, I, I believe it is B. Yeah, I'd B. tell you, but I'd have to tequila. Yeah, it's B. Te- tequila. Yeah. I, yeah, I didn't buzz in. I'd tell you, but I'd have to tequila. No yeah. one can say tequila tonight. Tequila. <laughs> tequila. Tequila. To kill you. To kill you. Right. I don't, yeah. So during the movie, the <laughs> back of the album, Sea Shanties and Wet Panties, is shown and it shows the song list. Again, which of these is not on the song list? A, high balls and low blows. B, tax shelters and beer. C, passion fruit booty. Or D, string bikini dreaming. Nobody expects the fun police. Yeah, it's cash. C. Wrong. Damn. 
I mean, I was, I was Hail Mary in, in, in complete honesty. Yeah. I mean, they're t- I had to pause the whole movie to get the whole list. Naughty I still have we <laughs> I am octopus. I'm going with B again. Tax shelters and beers. Yes. Nope. That that is on the album. You want your remaining answers? Yes, sir. All right. There is high balls and low blows, or string bikini dreaming. Tarts and farts. I'm going to go with A. Is not on the album. Yeah. D. It is. It is D. string bikini dreaming. I made that up. Wow. Well done. Yeah, you too could write for the sequel, Club Dread 2. Uh, question Club number Dread. three. Club Dread 2, side outer. I, my question is, <laughs> is the sequel just Dread or is it Club, like the gritty reboot? Club Dread. Club with two Bs. Yeah. Ooh, I like that. Club with two Bs. Jay turns to the liar. Recently mentioned he came up with a broken lizard off the top of his head. What were the other possible group names that he mentioned? A. Charred Goosebeak. B. Is this on? C. Chocolate Speedo. Or D. Puddle Cruiser. Bongo and Toki. <laughs> T-Dubs. I'll just go with Puddle Cruiser because that was their first movie. Nope. Sorry. I think I know what it is now. Jumping. Farts and tarts. Chocolate bikini. Chocolate speedo. Speedo. That is correct. (laughs) (sighs) Somebody. It's 50-50 for me there at McCheese because I know the first one was like one of their original comedy troops. Well, Charred Goosebeak was their first short video they ever made. And Puddle Cruiser was their first actual movie movie they made. Which has so a bunch of the- gra- has a bunch of great lines in it. You mean garbage dick? Um, but yeah. So, <laughs> oh yeah, the flute. So Jay changes the ushers there. Has directed a bunch of TV stuff. Which one of these did he not direct? A well, episodes of that is A Franklin and Bash. Gotcha, T Dubs. B the Goldbergs. C New Girl or D Tacoma FD. Ooh, uh, wait. Someone's got to chime in. You just can't keep him. Ponytails, cocktails, ponytails, cocktails. All right, Uh, B. Mm, no, he directed an episode of Goldberg's. Oh, so I think I know what this is too. Yeah, what are the remaining answers? Uh, a, Franklin and Bash, C, New Girl, or D, Tacoma FD? You think Eddie Money has to put up with this shit? Jumpy. I'm going to go with A. Nope. Damn. Cash, you got New Girl or Tacoma FD? Got to give me New Girl. Nope. <laughs> really? He did, son of a bitch. he did not direct anything from Tacoma FD. That is really? Heffernan's Farva's show. Because they, they surprising. All, they all ran yeah. that show. Yeah. I, mean, I figured he would have. I, fig- I figured they all would have directed an episode of that. From, from what I know, I mean, from what I saw online, he did not pitch in i could be wrong but i don't think he's on tacoma fd i think it's heffernan's thing yeah um, right on so right now it's one one chumpy and cash this is the best question i could find in 1982 paxton and his friend andrew todd rosenthal formed a new wave and you got to go listen to this if you get the chance musical band called the martini ranch the band released an only full-length album available on apple music called holy cow in 1988 on sire records i've listened to one or two songs 
it is something. It, whew, uh, you'll understand by the next sentence. The album was produced by and featured members of Devo. There was also a music video for the band single Reach. It was directed by Pod Favorite. Ready, everyone? A. Paul W.S. Anderson. B. John Carpenter. C. Robert Zemeckis. Or D. James Cameron. Nobody expects the fun police. Cash. Give me Paul W.S. Anderson. Nope. Sorry, bud. Ah, but he directed music videos. I thought that. Ah, all right. That is not it. I'm sorry. Jumpy. T-dubs. This is a hell of a question, McCheese. Can I get Ah. the remaining answers? B, John Carpenter. C, Robert Zemeckis. Or D, James Cameron. Farts and farts. Jumpy. I'm going big. James Cameron. It is James Cameron. (laughs) Holy shit. Booyah. Yeah. So go look up Reach by... I got you now. I'm Googling it right now. Yeah, by Martini Ranch, which was... Paxton and his buddy and a couple of people from Debo. Um, and it, I mean, I listened to the song. I didn't watch the video, but holy shit, it is, it is as new wave as you could possibly be without being Duran Duran. Um, well, it's not definitely got pride. some, uh, it's got some, I'm looking at the video right now, McCheese. It's got some three amigos vibes going on here. Nice. I did not, I do not have any awards for this week. Uh, all you get is a head nod. Wait, we don't get any coconut peats paella? I mean, I can make you at least a, a signed LP. How about I get you a uh a well, since you won and you're not a big fan of uh wax vinyl like T dubs. Do you want me to get you an actual CD copy of Reach? Oh, I, yeah, no, I got turntables, man. I can take the wax. I'll see what I can get from Martini Ranch. Let's see what's still on the market. Beautiful. All right, we're back into recommendations. Um I'll let you guys go first because mine are off being Halloween based. I think I gave enough uh, Halloween movies over the last two weeks. Uh, let's go with you first. Cash, what do you got since I already know what it is? Watch Dune. We're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about it on the next pod. But everybody needs to get on their HBO Max and stream Dune so they give me at least one more Dune. I need two Dunes to make my Dune experience complete. Give me Dune. From what I hear about uh, Dune, you should really see it in theaters if you're going to be. I am literally going to an IMAX tomorrow. I'm just saying, don't tell people to see it on HBO Max when they can see it in theaters. I I don't care. Like, don't watch it. Like, go see it in theaters. But, like, get your HBO Max out and, like, play Dune. Play Dune again. Just, Just turn off your TV and keep Dune playing in the background just to run up those numbers so that let me have more Dune. The sleeper has awoken. So this is basically you doing what T Doves was doing with uh, Zack Snyder's Justice exactly. League. Yes, yes, yes. Hopefully, no one shits on you during it. I mean, do I have to? Do I have to pay them for that? <laughs> Jumpzilla, what's your recommendation? Oh, I'm sorry. I was just mesmerized by Reach. There, wow. <laughs> um. Wow. Uh, definitely going to put that up. That is uh, something. No, my recommendation is a horror classic since this movie spoofs a bunch of horror movies. 
Um, you can find the 1973 uh, The Wicker Man streaming for free on Amazon Prime right now. If, if, you, if you're a Prime member, it's free. Um, I'd never seen it. I'd only seen the memes of the remake with Nick Cage and the bees and all that. But this movie has been described as the Citizen Kane of horror movies. Um, I don't necessarily think it's that good. But it's a very interesting take on a horror movie. And it's definitely like the reason we have stuff like Midsummer and some of the other kind of pagan-esque, I think, uh, horror movies. And it's worth checking out just to say you've seen it. It's one of the classics. You also get Christopher Lee in this as one of the bad guys. Uh, that's Count Doko. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Count, <clears throat> that's Count Dooku slash Sauron, right? So... Pretty cool to see a young Christopher Lee. All right, that's it. The Wicker Man, 73. Check it out. Saruman. Saruman, sorry. Saruman, yes. The Eye of Sauron. It is Saruman. Your nerd cred is... Yeah, he plays the big pterodactyl man in the Savage Land. So, no, no, no. No, no, that's Sauron. Sauron. Not played by Christopher Lee. Saruman, played by Christopher Lee. Big Eye, also a pterodactyl. Also a pterodactyl, yes, which I had the toy of uh, years ago. Which is um, pretty spectacular. So I have a number of recommendations because I love Bill Paxton. Really sucked when he passed away. Some of my favorite Bill Paxton performances, True Lies. Yep. Uh, and a horror recommendation, Frailty. Oh, that was very good. I love yeah. that movie. So my actual recommendation is Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Uh, which was a book series when we were kids uh, that I read and enjoyed. And they made a movie about it, it's sort of a kid's horror movie, but it covers some of the cooler stories from that series, such as. Uh, Did that turn out okay? Like I've read all those books. I own all those books yeah, and I no, saw the trailer uh, and then I never got the chance. Harold, they do Harold, the uh, flesh-esque uh, scarecrow story in there. It was yeah. actually pretty good. It's a ki- It's a kid's horror movie. So it's a good introductory to horror if you have like a kid that is in middle school, like instead of like, hey, let's watch something really crazy. Like, so so not our kids, not not the kids of our age. (laughs) Yeah, Um, you know, because yeah, when I was a kid, it was just like, hey, we're playing Nightmare on Elm Street Part Four on TV now. It's like, okay, uh, cool. Let's go see RoboCop in theaters. Yeah. So (laughs) if you want to get your kids into horror and they're you know, in, in middle school, like it's a totally appropriate movie. And it was good. It was entertaining. Uh, I enjoyed it. So scary stories to tell in the dark and then go buy the book and read the stories because it was a fun book. You know, he does. Is that the uh, is that the anthology uh, or one of the anthologies that has the, the story about the girl with the, the green ribbon around her neck? I believe so. Yeah, yeah that story just scared the crap out of me as a kid so, that was so creepy that's, movies, that, that's I, I, have all, I, I think i have all three or four of those books yeah, upstairs yeah. right now the movie's getting the vignettes in the movie no the movie did harold it did the girl where the spider comes out of her face uh, did the, didn't it do the big toe one where's it did the toe? toe yeah where's yeah. my toe uh it was fun man uh okay just nice to like watch on a whim it's on peacock if you're so interested you know the different streaming services have all sort of put their horror movie collection into hubs and it's part of the worst uh hub title peacocktober no jesus oh, god oh, no like Halloween. that's a good one Halloween. yeah Halloween nailed it uh, it's almost as bad as hops and floptober peacocktober not great <laughs> yeah hops and floptober not great but yeah 
uh, I think you'll enjoy it. Yeah. Uh, so since we're migrating out of Halloween, I will make mine not Halloween related since I gave around, I don't know, seven movies before. By the time this pod comes out, which is the 29th, uh, if you're looking for some new music, one of my favorite bands is dropping a new album called Hushed and Grim by Mastodon. Uh, also, if you're looking for a good book or audiobook, uh, I would recommend Where the Deer and the Antelope Play by Nick Offerman. It's actually very good. I'm about halfway through it. It's worth a listen. So as we go, remember, you can find the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Hops and B.O. Flops. You can find myself at HBF McCheese on Twitter. T-Dubs is at Writer TLK. Captain Cash is on basically everything at C-A-P-T-C-A-S-H. And Chumpy is on Twitter at Chumpzilla8. And check us out on WoBamEntertainment.com. If you enjoy the show, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Be sure to like, share, and subscribe and all that shit. And connect with us on social media so you can possibly share some ideas because we're always looking for new movies to do. We'll see you next week for the special episode of sand the musical just kidding it's dune as Mm -hmm. captain cash said um i love every sand i see from sandy a to sandy z jesus uh wow okay make a giant worm out of me which is funny because at the end that is totally what happens the obvious joke right there is beer is the mind killer but moving on yeah this is uh this is our uh new format of what i'm calling straight to pod episodes um and i will say honestly listener cash has explained the premise of dune to me at least twice now if not three times and i Still have absolutely no idea what is supposed to be happening other than there's sand. There's a ton of sand. I think there's sand worms. And there's a and, big there's a big worm that sort of looks like a butthole in this. And movie. then there's apparently no touch fighting or something. I have whatever. We'll see you next week and he can explain it all because who the fuck knows what's happening. As we close, I just want to say a pony tail will get you tail. Just keep it out of out my, of my tie. If you got tails. But never fails to take you and your chiquita sky high. Ponytails, cocktails, ponytails, tails, Two things that will always rock. But a word to all you males. Don't ever lose those tails. Because then you'll just have a pony and cock-cock. Oh, man. Rest in peace, Coconut Pete.